Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Football Fig Nuts Podcast. This is Season 3, Episode 47. If you counted them all, it's 147. I'm Craig. And my name is Britt. And if you're hearing a quieter tone from the two of us tonight, folks, it's because we do have a very serious topic that we want to address right off the bat. The, the purpose of this podcast is to entertain, to talk about football, to talk about beer, and to uh, you know give you 45 minutes away from your daily life that you can just listen to other people talk about stuff. But what's going out on out right now in the world is just too intense for us to completely ignore. COVID-19 came and we discussed it, but we kind of tried to steer clear of it. We may have mentioned it at times in our podcast. The devastation and the protests that have arisen out of the death of George Floyd are simply too much for us to ignore. So we are going to take a couple of minutes right here at the beginning of the podcast to just express how we feel and let folks know we are not going to ignore this situation. Um, I, I, I was reading an article before we came online today from uh, that Chris Ballard, the GM of the Colts, had, gave an impromptu uh, Zoom session for the press today and he, I mean, his quote, I'm just going to read his quote. This is, comes out of his Zoom today. Quote, I can't sit here and remain silent because that's exactly what we've done every time our black community screams and yells for help. We have to end social injustice and racial inequalities. We have to end the police violence against our black communities. Black lives matter. I don't understand why that's so freaking hard for the white community to say black lives matter. I've been ignorant. I've been ignorant to the real problem, and I'm ashamed of that. I just came to the realization here over the last 10 days with some really hard and difficult conversations that we've had as an organization, as a team, with my family, with my sons. I've been ignorant to the real problem, end quote. I don't know how you can say it better than that. I, I really don't. And I have spent the last 10 days trying to make sense of everything that's going on. And I can't other than to simply say it is time for us as a society to start listening to these people who are feeling disenfranchised, whose rights are being violated, and 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 we can't have this happen again. We should have learned this lesson decades ago. And yet here we are, I'm opening a podcast in June of 2020, talking about things that we should have addressed long before I was born. I just can't. Craig, Craig what are your thoughts? <sighs> wow, it's, you know, it's really heavy stuff and yeah you know people are gonna have gonna have to have really difficult conversations um you know we we live we were in high school <clears throat> when the whole rodney king thing happened oh, yeah. you know and then you know everyone wasn't walking around with a camera in their pocket yep you know it just so happened somebody had a giant camcorder like they used to be with vhs and he recorded it from his balcony and that's the only way people found out what happened <clears throat> yep. you know and then the aftermath of that happened and it was really jarring yeah. um and it's not you know something like that was you know at at that point in time you know everyone was like all right well we should change and you know then nothing really did we're here 30 years later and we're still having the same problems and if anything they're getting worse yeah. If anything, they're getting worse. Yep. 
we have we haven't learned anything we just we just haven't and and just to to, to a couple quick more points because we don't want to drill dwell on this all night we are not going to do an entire episode on this we are here to talk football we want to entertain tonight but we can't ignore this we really want people to know we are here to listen we are here to change we are very upset about this as just members of a society that should be better than this we are upset and along the lines of should be better than this I am going to go on record as saying the response by our federal government to this is absolutely disgusting. Disgusting. That peaceable protest was broken up with chemical weapons because, folks, tear gas is classified as a chemical weapon. And if you want to tell me tear gas was not used on that crowd, then please explain the smoke-filled images because it's not Loch Ness. We are not getting a rolling fog near the White House, okay? We used chemical weapons because tear gas, which is basically any gas that contains a specific amount of pepper compound, and that's what they said they used, a pepper gas. That's just a fancy way of saying tear gas without admitting you used tear gas. We used it on our own citizens who were sitting there and using their First Amendment rights to congregate and to to petition the government for change. They violated your rights in that action. That is disgusting to me. You have compounded tragedy with ineptitude, and I will not forget this in November when I step into the the, the ballot box. There is no way I will endorse this administration going forward. Not that I was a fan of them before. <laughs> no, I can he tell wasn't. You, we have those discussions all the time. <laughs> Craig, Craig is Craig is Craig isn't quite as militant as I am, but he doesn't like them either. There's no way it is despicable. And if you're okay with it, then please, by all means, there are hundreds of other podcasts out there that are not as good as us that you can listen to. But I don't want listeners who sit there and say they're okay with what's going on right now in the world. I'm not. I don't. No, I don't. you can't be. You can't, can't be. be. If you're okay with this, then you are part of the problem. And we can't be part of the problem anymore. We have to start being part of the solution. Yeah. Because really, yeah, I think the biggest the biggest thing is people people don't understand the difference between sympathy and empathy. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a huge problem because people think they're interchangeable and they're really not. Yes. Like and empathy. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh no, I was gonna say like sympathy is like oh you know. Brit smashes his phone. I'm like, oh man, sorry, that sucks. But then something, you know, something else happens, and then you you put yourself in that person's spot, right? And then you actually think about how they felt, and you feel what they're feeling. And, you know? and empathy, and, and let's be clear on this: empathy for us, Craig and I are both Caucasian middle-aged males. Empathy for us in trying to understand systematic racism that some of these people have experienced their – well, most of these people, if not all, have experienced their entire lives is near impossible. The old expression like you have to walk a mile in somebody's shoes, I can't walk a mile in the shoes of somebody who's been racially profiled. I, I can hear about it. I can hear their stories. I can I can empathize with the stories. I can take it in that way. But for us to realistically put ourselves in the spot of a guy getting pulled over for the air quotes crime of being black while driving end quote i can't because i haven't been there so all i can do is listen and do what i can to fix it and that's that's really what we want to do 
I, I, Craig's right. I don't want to sit here and feel bad for these folks. I want to empathize with them. But can I sit here and pretend I'm, I'm going to be able to tell you exactly what it's like to be marginalized? Absolutely not. Yeah, Absolutely. that's why <clears throat> that's why listening's huge, really. Yes. And why we have to take this moment in history. We and have you know, to. it's some people they they need to have those hard conversations because maybe they legitimately don't understand. Yeah. And they just need to learn. And, and not I that think, that's I easy, think... but. Even I didn't have a full understanding of the scope of this problem until the last 10 days. Even I've been sitting there and saying to myself that th th this isn't as bad as it looks. It is. It's worse than it looks because not only do we have this systematic divide, not only do we have hundreds and hundreds of years of this kind of practice that's slowly built up to this watershed moment, but we have no leadership to see us through it. And that is tremendous. That is tremendous. I will go to my grave with the image of Donald Trump misholding a Bible <laughs> in front of a church uh, and thinking that <clears throat> helped. Upside down. Upside and down. Backwards. <laughs> Up, oh, God. And, and, and his mind grimacing, thinking that was a show of strength. That, ladies and gentlemen, is the 21st, sense, 21st century's version of Michael Dukakis riding in the tank. <laughs> oh my God, I forgot about that. How can you, the guy who took that, the guy who set up that photo op yeah. wrote an opinion piece for USA <clears throat> Today thanking the Trump team for taking him off the hook of the worst presidential photo op in history. <laughs> for those of you too young to know what we're talking oh, about, man. 1988. The 1988 election the Democratic challenger set up a photo op to show that he could be a military leader because everyone questions his military prowess. He rode in a tank and he looked so stupid doing it <laughs> that it actually injured his chances and he lost the election. The, the tank thing didn't cost him the election by itself, but it was absolutely a contributing. No, his ratings tanked. The, the, when people were polled, people were like, nope, I have less faith in him now. It was a significant factor in his loss. A significant factor in his loss and now people are saying this is worse we're, we're, we're at a watershed moment in our history we're doing it without a net yep if you are listening to us and you are a person who has been affected by this and and you feel like you need to educate people you know you know how to find us because yeah. I'm, I'm listening I sat in on a 90-minute town hall today in my business where our president encouraged everyone to speak up and I refused to speak. I put into the chat message, I'm here to listen today because I wanted to hear from the people who had experienced it. I want to understand what they're doing. So No, exactly. And then one, you know, as we kind of come to the end of this yes. part of the uh, podcast, yeah. but I just wanted to throw it out there. Uh, Emmanuel Echo, Echo, I may have pronounced yeah. his name wrong. He's... A uh, former linebacker, for, he played for the Browns, the Eagles, and I think he did a year with the Giants. I remember him. I don't know why I remember <laughs> him, but his name, I just went, oh, yeah, I remember that name. But he uh, he works for ESPN now. Hmm. So what he did, which I really admire him for doing, on his, uh, you can find him on Twitter with the link. Okay. Uh, but for days, he said people asked him, like white people he knows asked him questions that are really difficult questions and like, or like how they can help. So what he did, he made like a, 
I don't know, it's like an eight-minute video. It's just him sitting there on a chair, and he's just he's reading people's questions, and he's answering them. And he's just saying, you know, these are hard questions, and I'm here to help you understand. Uh, it's, that's what we need. It's a really good video. It's not that long. He may do more of them. You definitely should check it out. That's absolutely what we need in this difficult time. So thank you for giving us a few minutes at the opening of this podcast to have this conversation. It is not an easy one to have. Um, as you can tell, I'm, I'm a little choked up about it. But we, as difficult as it is to move forward with this, and we did have the conversation this week at the podcast thread about how to handle this. And one of the ideas on the on the table was we're not going to record. I put it to Twitter, and I only got like six people to weigh in, but only one person was like, delay your recording. Everyone else was like, there are enough people talking about this in enough formats. Say what you need to say and get get on with the show. So we appreciate your patience with us. We hope that what we've said helps you guys to really understand how serious this is and try to move forward so we can all move forward as a society on this and try to make things better because we can't just move on. We have to do something to make things better. All right, so then now that I have that out, and I'm, I'll be honest, I'm still not going to have my usual screaming energy level tonight because this is this is this is a heavy topic, but we got to move on to something a little bit better. So you know what? Let's yeah. go where we always go. Because we need Craig. it. <laughs> yeah. Oh God, I need a beer tonight. Craig, what are you drinking tonight? Um, I brought two in the little bag, and they're both bears you gave me. <laughs> so are the ones I have. <laughs> so I'm going to reach in here and grab one. Okay. And this one is, ah, the Haze Phase. Oh, Haze Phase from Tribus. Yes. You haven't tried. Oh, my God. I only gave you one of that. You haven't had that yet? We're going to open it now. Oh, my God. That's good stuff. Bush. While Craig's opening that, I am drinking a beer he gave me, El Segundo's Steve Austin's Broken Skull IPA, which I have had before because um, Craig gave it to me before. Um, and I, I, I enjoyed it. Um, it's a little drier than I like. It's a West like, Coast. It's a West, it's a West Coast. Coast I'm IPA. not a huge West Coast guy, but I will not say anything bad about a Steve Austin beer because Steve Austin could break me with his mind. <laughs> so I'm more interested to hear what you think about the Haze Phase. I really liked that beer. I think I think it got a four and a half out of me. Maybe uh, a four seven five. I've seen what it settled on glass. I poured it kind of quick. There you go. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely do that. Um, yeah, that was. That was good stuff. I had one of those last week, I think, during the podcast. Last week when we recorded, I had a, a I had two beers on the cast, and I had a, a Zoom call with some friends, and I had three more beers after that. And <laughs> I had five beers in about three hours' time, and I was feeling so good, I had forgotten I had the fifth beer and went into the fridge and opened a sixth beer. And the next morning, I could not remember why I was so hungover. <laughs> And then I started looking around. I'm like, wait a minute. Why are there six empty cans? Oh. And yeah, that's exactly it. I remember, folks, he's not drinking six cans of Budweiser. No. <laughs> These are six 16-ounce craft beer. And one of them was that triple new money. Oh. That's like 11% beer. Oh, my God. Forget it. I, last, last week, I, the day after we recorded, I was miserable and useless, which is not my normal thing. So. All right, so what do you think? Try this it's, beer. I got to hear what you had to think of it because I really liked this beer to the point. It's where good. I it's anymore. really juicy, but then it it slowly dries your mouth. Yep. It's a weird. It's a weird feeling. It's like the tide going out. You see yes. The wave roll in, and you're like, "Oh my god, we're gonna get wet!" And then all of a sudden, it just pulls back. Yes, exactly. 
But it, very it, juicy it, when you really drink good. it, though. What's that? It's very juicy when you drink it. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. My wife liked it, and if my wife likes an IPA, then it's got to be juicy. <laughs> it, I mean, that's 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 the thing. That's the thing with her. So, all right, let's talk about some burning hot takes. Because <laughs> we're already way behind schedule tonight. Not that there's a ton going on, because there isn't. Um, but Craig, what have you got for me tonight? Uh, I had it open, and now it went away. Damn it. All right, then I'll start tonight. You start. Where you find that? <laughs> so, okay. I have been doing – so we're getting on the edge of draft season. Mm-hmm. A lot of the pay sites are starting to put out stuff. Some of the early rankings are coming out. ADPs fluctuate wildly at this time of year. So I try not to pay too much attention to them, although there are a couple of risers and fallers on my list I'd like to talk about. I'm going to give you a list of five things. Okay. These are these are hot takes. All right. I want you to tell me. I already know which one you say is going to say is absolutely not going to happen. So we're just going to assume <laughs> that, and you'll know the one when I read it. Okay. I want you to tell me which one of these is most likely to occur. Okay. The first one is that Tua Tagliavoa, I'm mm-hmm. still never going to get his name right, starts from week five on and ends up being a top 12 QB in fantasy. These are just... Number two. Okay. But Yeah, these are just... You tell me which one's most likely. Okay, all right. David Johnson will be a top 12 running back. <laughs> yep, that's the one I, th- I don't think we have to discuss. Hey, look, beer. The Bucks are going to break your heart from a fantasy perspective. Number four, Christian Kirk tops 1,000 yards with at least eight touchdowns. And number five, picking up Josh Allen's fifth-year option will become a real question for the Bills after he performs in 2020. Wow. Which of those is most likely to happen? Tua starts after week five and ends up being a QB1. David Johnson ends up being an RB1. The Bucks break our fantasy hearts. Christian Kirk, 1,000 yards and eight touchdowns. Or the Bills have a difficult decision because of Josh Allen's great 2020. Uh, wow. <clears throat> uh, you know, I think the Kirk one is probably the most likely to happen. Okay. Even with DeAndre Hopkins there now? Mm, possibly. Okay. Possibly. Okay. All right. So uh, I, I obviously am I correct <clears throat> in assuming we both think that the David Johnson being a top twelve running back is laughable? No, that yeah, that ship sailed. Okay, I'm with you there. Um, I am actually going to, and here's the problem. I know you weren't going to go with Tua because that would mean Fitz Magic <laughs> drifts into the background. I, you again. know, honestly, that's part of it. But really, <clears throat> it's because the Dolphins have really improved. They had a really good draft, but I don't think they're going to improve that much where he becomes a top ten quarterback in one season. Okay. okay. So you you could see him potentially becoming the starter. Yes. But yes. him making that top 12. Okay. Yeah, no, not this year. I think the most likely scenario is the Bucks are going to break our hearts. I, They're still the Buccaneers. And the, it's quarterbacks on new teams. This is Tom Brady's first new team in over a decade. I know coordinators change, but the Patriots system has been somewhat stable in my opinion offensively see now now cinch is yelling at his radio because you just call him a system quarterback i didn't say that (laughs) i didn't say that don't fox news me don't put words in my mouth i didn't say that i said what i said was he's been in a system that hasn't changed much he hasn't had to learn a new system i didn't say he couldn't learn a new system i said he hasn't had to 
I got that just reminds me of the episode. Remember the episode where Krusty the Clown runs for Congress? Oh yeah, yep. And he appears on Fox News, and they just talk to him, and they don't they don't talk to his opponent. And his opponent goes, "I have ideas too," and they're just like, "We're for sure you do, comrade." <laughs> and that's it. Oh that's, man, I'm not, don't 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 pay me in a corner here. I I don't think the Bucks are going to have this tremendous season. I think they might schedule one NFL wise. I don't think it's going to translate fantasy wise. I don't. I don't know. You got Godwin and Evans. Yeah, I think Godwin's going to have a decent season. Do you think Gronk's going to make a big impact? Uh, on the on the play where he hits the ground and injures himself? Yes. <laughs> yes, he will. Probably. He's a large human being. <clears throat> oh, um, you know, he lost his championship, right? He's he's done. Did he? Yeah. Who, who, who beat him? <laughs> I have to look that up. Air quotes, who beat him? <laughs> and that's not a knock on wrestling. That's a knock on the whole idea of celebrities holding belts. Exactly. <laughs> Does anybody remember near the end of um near the end of the WCW days that David Arquette at one point was the heavyweight champion of the world? Does anybody yeah. else remember that? I remember that. David Arquette, all one hundred and twenty four pounds of him soaking wet, was yep. the heavyweight champion of the world. He was. Just just, just let that soak in, folks. This is what happens when you let celebrities participate in wrestling. <laughs> so, so what happened was, just so you know, yeah, he lost the title in his backyard. Our truth pretended he was a landscaper and surprised Gronk, and he beat him. <laughs> <laughs> so, our truth convinced a referee because that's the other part of that that whole deal. Is yes. anywhere there's a referee, right? Yep. I don't know who the referee was. <laughs> the referee was probably so. The so our truth rents two costumes, or <laughs> buys two jumpsuits to look like a landscaper. One for him and one for the referee. Yep. <laughs> okay, I'm not even gonna follow that to its logical conclusion because that's mm. just too crazy. Oh man. That that's 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 Aurora Borealis in the kitchen kind of crazy right there. <laughs> so, all right. So that that was my question. What have you got for me? Um, so really my question is, where do you see James Conner? Like he missed six games last year for multiple injuries. Do you think him being back this year is going to do anything for the Steelers? Do you think Mike Tomlin doesn't know who he wants his running back to be? Cause they have, they have Benny Snell and Jalen Samuel still, and they have three other running backs. I would love to see the Benny Snell thing just blow up because you and I were big on him. We were. I mean, we still last year. Uh, and, and they had that first rushing touchdown in like week two. And we were like, here it comes. And they didn't get another touchdown. <laughs> and, I think yeah, the rest of the year. Give him the ball again. Uh, yeah. It just kind of, it kind of was like, we got excited way too early for that. <laughs> I still think that kid has got massive talent and a good potential. Um, well, and, and one of the things I want to talk about is, is early season ADP. Right now, James Conner is the 23rd running back off the board. Wow. He was a first-rounder last year. In an all-running back league, he's a third-rounder right now. In an all-running back league. (laughs) Uh, Guys like Mark Ingram, like, you know who's going right ahead of him? David Montgomery. Really? Yeah. Who's going after him? Le'Veon Bell. Huh. So he's caught between a guy who hasn't reached his potential and a guy who wastes his potential filling out applications for Dairy Queen. So I, I don't <laughs> if I'll put it to you this way. And we haven't done our rankings yet. So this is just putting you on the spot. 
how far does he have to fall in a total redraft league for you to say, oh, look, James Connors there. I better grab him. Because for me, it's got to be like fifth round <clears throat> earliest. And that's being generous. Probably more like six or seven. Yeah, I would say if he's, for whatever reason, he's sitting there in the fifth and sixth round or the, you know, like the sixth round, really. If he's there, as long as I have what I feel my team needed, I'd probably pick him up. Let me let me put it to you in, in this respect, folks. He's going like five or six spots after Todd Gurley. And we don't know what to make of Gurley in Atlanta. No clue what I'm doing with Gurley this year. None. So... Do, do I know what he's going to do? No. I'm going to hold my shares of him where I have him and like keeper in dynasty. As a matter of fact, I believe he's our dynasty running back and uh, I've got 0.0 offers, <laughs> zero offers for James Goddard. <laughs> I've got also, I've got more offers for everyone else on our roster except for him and maybe Blake Bortles, but I think I dropped Bortles. So that, that, that doesn't matter. Um, no, there's no, there's, I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't take him in a redraft. I would have to be desperate. And I'd have to be saying, well, Raheem Mostert's still there, I guess. Yeah, it's like, who's your backup running back? Do you start two running backs? It would depend on your system, but yeah. I would be very hesitant to grab him this year. Okay. Yeah, we have uh, Connor and Montgomery. And Lin yeah. Philip Lindsay. <sighs> Remember when <laughs> Philip Lindsay was supposed to be good? <laughs> Should have traded him in the middle of last year. Should have. Yeah. Should have. <clears throat> but if I had a nickel for every time, I should have done something in fantasy football. So we have, you know, in all the in all the negative discussion about the world going around us, there is a ray of sunshine that happened this week. Oh, really? Uh, yeah. And, and you know this. So that, that thank you for setting up the teaser. I, I do appreciate you being like, oh, you haven't <laughs> told me this. You absolutely know this. Um, Craig and I, our, our podcast has finally been invited to participate in the uh, Fantasy Cares fundraiser, the Scott Fishbowl. Um, if you're not familiar with the Scott Fishbowl, it raises uh, money for Toys for Tots every year. It brings analysts from across the football spectrum in with fans, and I believe it raises money through the fans part of it. We will obviously make a donation ourselves uh, as a thank you for getting into it, but it really helps to unite the industry under a cause of charity and i can tell you right now something like this for a podcast like us which has a a very loyal but what's considered smaller following in terms of like the football podcast industry this is massive this is massive for us we are so grateful to have been invited to this it speaks a lot to the work that we've put in over the last three years and the relationships we have tried to build since the announcement came out last week we have added i've had to log on to twitter four or five times because my email box is blown up with you have notifications you have notifications <laughs> why don't you look at your goddamn notifications <laughs> and it's always this guy wants to follow you now this guy wants to follow you now because the word gets out that you know you just put in the hashtag in one post we got our invite to the sfbx hashtag sfbx and all of a sudden people want to follow you so uh, and, and hopefully some new folks are going to be logging into us and, and listening to us. Hopefully this is in their first episode because the first 15 <laughs> minutes were probably the most dour 15 minutes of our entire careers. They were. But still, it was necessary for us to, yes, to take definitely. that time. So so exciting. So I have a further announcement that Craig doesn't know uh -oh. regarding the Scott Fish, football, uh, Scott Fish Bowl. Um, so only one person can helm the team. 
That's yes. uh, that's kind of their rule. So that's uh, fair. As as the executive owner of you, the podcast, yeah. I, I'm going to do yeah. that. Well, I mean, you, you got us in, so of and course. And by got us in, meaning I screamed and yelled, <laughs> "Why won't anyone let us into this goddamn he did. league?" He for did do three that three years. Well, I did. I did so politely. To be fair, I, I registered every year for the last three years. Um, I communicated with the folks there. Like, we'd really love to be in it. When it would pop up on Twitter, I would congratulate champions and say, hopefully we get a chance to play with you next year. I was not trying to be – I was not trying to brown nose my way in. Um, but it is a great honor to be in this league, and it does so much good work. I mean, every year at the end of the season, they go and they get, do such – they do a shopping trip for Toys for Tots that just is, is fantastic. So uh, I do – I am very, very excited. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm very excited for it. Um, I will tell you this, Craig. You and I are probably going to have to sit down, probably you, me. And honestly, we need to bring in one more person on this. No offense to our fine contributors, but I think we need the source on this one. Uh-oh. And I'll tell you why. The Scott Fishbowl is renowned for having a unique scoring system that changes every year. Oh, <clears throat> every year really? they air, they air quote fine tune their scoring system. Uh, for example, interceptions by quarterbacks are minus four. Well, last year they were minus four. If it's returned for a touchdown, it's minus six. Six total, or is that ten points? Four for the interception, then two more because they scored on it. Damn. So unique, unique scoring system unique scoring system and it's impossible for me to say okay here's the scoring system let's sit down and do it they're still finalizing the 2020 scoring system they're sending out invites now the draft is in july but i am not there is no way i am going to be able to put together a redraft strategy off of a system that's that unique Hmm. uh by myself so and that's why i want to bring in the source because the source has played in so many different kinds of leagues he probably has some unique insights so we might need to make a social distancing trip up to the source's secret lair, um, which is in the deep wilds of Connecticut, and sit around a table smoking cigars and drinking beers until we figure out how I'm going to attack this league. But I, All I right, know we can do that. That's a can do that. Yeah, that's a stretch for you. You don't you don't like to drink beer and sit around and talk football. So <laughs> not so, at all. All right, not so at all. We've, we've got a little bit of time left. I know we ate up a lot of time today with uh, with the, the conversation about what's going on. But, um, you know, this is the time of year where best ball is really in its its, its now, Yeah. quick thing with best ball. Who took it over? I Didn't... don't think I don't think FanDuel's doing it because they they own draft and they absorb draft into their app. I haven't seen FanDuel opening it yet. I know hmm. Yahoo has some. Oh, they do. Hmm. I'll have to look and into there are that. other sites, too. Um, I want to say my fantasy league MFL might have some. But uh, Yahoo definitely does. Definitely has best balls. I liked Draft because I liked their app. Their 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 app was so phone friendly. I did try to register for one on Yahoo on my phone, and it accepted my entry. And then when I clicked the button that said Open Draft Room, it told me I needed to open it on a browser. <laughs> oh. So I can register for a Yahoo account, and I can I can enroll in a league, and I can get all the way up to draft time, and then I have to go find an iPad or a computer. That's oh, kind of stupid. <clears throat> so, and that was in the Yahoo app. It's not like I was like working on Chrome or something. It was in the Yahoo app. So, so best ball is happening. For those who are not familiar with best ball, best ball is the ultimate lazy man's fantasy football. All you do is draft. 
every That's week, it. the computer will go in after the games and say his best quarterback was this guy. He starts his best running backs. That guy, he starts. They do all the work for you. No trades, no ad drops. What you get is what you get. That's it. Which, which we learned was a word learned a hard way last year. When I actually went on a very aggressive draft strategy and only drafted one quarterback. And that quarterback was Andrew Luck. Was Andrew Luck. <laughs> and two weeks later, in a league where I could not make <laughs> changes to my roster, we had no quarterback. And the funniest part of that story is we were still in the money, the top three spots for the first half of the season. We did, The fact that we didn't have a quarterback did not catch up with us until like week 10. Yep. Yep. And we still finished fifth out of ten. Everybody who finished after us should be embarrassed themselves. Should honestly be embarrassed <laughs> of yourself. You you finished behind a guy whose quarterback said, nah. I'm done. <clears throat> and I couldn't pick up another one. That's how good that team was. <laughs> you may, if we would have won that league, if Andrew Luck had played half a season, we would have won that league. Yeah, I know. <clears throat> Sad. So. So anyway, Sad. so I found an article on Fantasy Pros. I really like the guys at Fantasy Pros. They do a fantastic job. Um, the 12 early risers and fallers and best ball leagues. So, Craig, I want you to tell me. The, I'm gonna, let's talk about the risers really quick. Are these guys worth where they're going in a best ball? Okay. So the first guy is Miles Sanders. He was going at number 31 overall. In May, he moved up 13 spots. He's now going 18th overall. So that's early to mid-second round. Mm. Miles Sanders, <clears throat> early to second, early to second uh, round. I would, I would say third round at the earliest. Which is where he was going. So yeah. why, So why the sudden interest? I don't know what's happening in Philly. Protests. I mean, that's what's happening. <laughs> I think that I think people are starting to realize that Boston Scott is not a real threat. He's a special teams guy. He's a change of pace guy. As much as Peterson likes multiple backs, although there is rumors, Uh-oh. whispers, if you will, <laughs> that LaShawn McCoy might be heading back to Philly for one last year. Really? Whispers on the wind that they, they you know, how would you like to have the same role you had in KC, but here in Philly for one year, you could retire as an Eagle. Hmm. Whispers. Whispers in the dark. Okay, so I, I, I you do. Know, I don't Miles... think Miles Sanders did say in May that 2020 is going to be his MVP year. So say many people. <laughs> Let me tell you right now, this is the year, Craig, that I win every league I'm in. Hey, it could happen. It could happen. It won't, but it could. James Conner in February was going in the sixth round. By the end of May, he was going at the end of the fourth. He moved up 19 spots. Did you see the picture of him in the weight room where he looks like he could bench press us with a finger? Oh, and his the picture of his back? Yeah. Yes. First off, I'm not 100% convinced that's him. <laughs> Secondly, if that is him, they're going to have to find some new shoulder pads cuz they are. The one bigger. the one thing people have to remember is when you bulk up like that, you're not as agile. But his ag- but his agility is in the waist down. This guy has never been an upper body agile. He doesn't. Yeah. So like I mean, it really Sanders. depends. It depends on your run style. Like he's a bowling you know, ball. he's a bowling ball. Like Barry Sanders, like if he got that big, he wouldn't have been able to run the way he did. Agreed. So. Agreed. And let's and and when you're th- I'm telling you when you when you develop that sh- that stringently, 
one minor injury could take forever to rehab. Take forever. You're t- I'm just saying. Juju, his teammate. This is going to shock you. In February, he was going in the fourth round. In May, he was going with the second pick of the second round, number 14 <sighs> overall. Wow, that is early. Why is Connor and Juju moving up, and do you like it? I don't think I don't I I, think, I don't think I would do it. Not I that think early. Sixth round, sixth round for Connor, and fourth round for Juju, and a best ball is, is it, about right. Is it because uh, Ben's coming back? You gotta think. Maybe people are seeing something that making these guys move. People are seeing something that making these guys move. And by the way, I want to I want to I want to bitch for a second. Sure. And every single person. Who's putting Joe Mixon in the top 10 overall. Stop it. <laughs> Joe Mixon is our thing. <laughs> Damn it. He's We've our said goddamn it. secret weapon. <laughs> and when you start saying, well, Joe Mixon's a first drop, shut up. <laughs> That's my job, and I'm not like, giving that up to anybody. <laughs> I am very close to... Let's put it this way. Getting back on the I've, train? I've put coal in the oven. <laughs> I've put coal into the engine. It's sitting there. The, the steam is starting to trickle out the top. Just saying. All right. Uh, David Johnson. No. In February, <laughs> he was going in the ninth round. Okay. In May, he's going in the fifth round. Stop. He up 49 no. spots. No. No. <laughs> now, the article I'm reading on a fantasy uh, pro says, haters are going to hate, right? Bill O'Brien is an idiot. David Johnson is washed. Yes. Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. And if I'm a hater for that, then I will wear, I, buy me a T-shirt that says "Hater." No, Are you buying David Johnson in the fifth round of a best ball? No. It's, right now, Houston has Deshaun Watson. Period. End quote. That's it. And this this owner, this owner says David Johnson. I'm sorry, this owner, this writer says David Johnson will be an NFL comeback player year player of the year candidate in 2020. I don't see it. After the past few seasons, I just I don't see it. Nope. Even if he even if he is, I'm still not buying him. And I hope <laughs> he is. Because that means in twenty twenty one, everyone's gonna be ranking him back in the top ten. And I'm gonna sit there with my popcorn and take everybody <laughs> else that you pass on because yep. you're convinced that David Johnson can put together two back to back seasons, which he never has done. Other movers, Drew Locke. Drew Locke was going in the seventeenth round probably a qb3 now he's going into 13th round uh Still probably a qb3 but that's a move i can i can see that i can see that i've heard a lot of good things coming out of denver so i can see that cole beasley in february he was a 12th round pick in may he's averaging a seventh round pick i think cole beasley is a seven to ten round pick yes I, I, i've always <clears throat> had him there so yeah i, I i'm fine with that's that fine. movement. i'm fine with that movement. okay now people who are falling uh-oh Aaron Jones. Really? Previously going in the first round at ninth overall yeah. in February. Mm-hmm. In May, going at 19th overall, end of the second round. Why what? is he going around later in May? And I'll tell you the answer, because the goddamn Packers drafted a running back. They did, but I think it's more for insurance, like we discussed last week. It is. It is. The Packers looked at their offense and went, no. No. I'll take a running back and a quarterback to go, please. <laughs> Just in case. Just in case. Just in case. I think Aaron Rodgers is going to go out there and have a career year because he's pissed off. He is because he realized, you know, he may not be a Packer in two years and he's going to need a job. 
Kenny Galladay has dropped a full round. He was going mid-second. He's going mid-third now. Hmm. Why? I don't know. I, I really, mean, honestly, are, I haven't heard anything about him in the offseason. There are rumors that he that Stafford wants out of Detroit, but they're rumors. I'll take him in a third round. I'll take him in a third round all day long. Oh, yeah, definitely. As a quick aside, um, yeah. somebody on Twitter put up that, uh, he, I think the exact tweet was, Kenny G is going to have a career year. Somebody was asking for hot takes. And I'll take it was Kenny G has a career year in 2020. And I immediately started searching the internet for pictures <laughs> of the, the saxophone player, Kenny G, because <laughs> I was going to just slap one into response. And by the time I found one, some guy had already beat oh. me. And I was like, <clears throat> oh, my God, the greatest joke yep. that ever walked up to my door. Zach Ertz, February, he was a fourth rounder. In May, he's an eighth rounder. That far? Drops from 43 overall to 85. He was, he was one of the top three tight ends. What, what happened? Is this Goddard or is this Zach Ertz's perpetual injury, which I like to call Gronk syndrome? <laughs> uh, I mean, it could be, but I still, I I'll take him in the fourth round. I'll take him in the fourth round. By the fourth round, Kittle and Kelsey are both gone. Provided Kittle's playing because he wants a giant oh, that's, contract. That's a whole. Did you hear that they? That there's a rumor now going around. Let me see if I can find it. That Raheem Mostert is closer to an extension than George Kittle is. No, it's his. Niners, yep. The Niners want to finish the Mostert extension first to send a message to Kittle. <laughs> like, look, you're being unreasonable. This is Raheem. Raheem is not unreasonable. Be like Raheem. <laughs> Yeah, he wants a non-tight end contract, so... Well, that's a problem, because you're a tight end, son. <laughs> you are a tight end. And if you don't think you're... Well, I catch more like a wide receiver. No, you are a tight end. You are Period. a tight end. End of story. You want to be a wide receiver? Fantastic. We will move you to the slot, and if you <laughs> duplicate your numbers, <laughs> then we then will sure. pay you like a wide receiver. There is no way. No way. Julian Edelman. In February, yep. sixth round. Mm -hmm. In A, fourth round. <clears throat> Wait, what? Up. He moved up? He moved up without... 43 spots. So he moved up without Brady. Yeah. No. Wait a minute. This is, this is supposed to be fallers. Why am I talking? This must be a misprint because it says he moved <laughs> down 43 spots. All right, we'll skip Julian Edelman. It okay. literally says February 6.05, so fifth pick of sixth round, May 4.10. So you moved down two rounds from the sixth to the fourth? That doesn't make a lick of sense. Fantasy pros, you have a typo. <laughs> Fix it. So let's, let's move on to John Ross. Okay. Craig's fave. <clears throat> Best ball, Craig. Off the top of your head before I tell you, where are you taking John Ross? Give me a roundabout range. Say You can even say something general as three to six or ten to thirteen. What's your range for John Ross? Because of his injury history. Uh, and a new quarterback. And a new quarterback. And they add another receiver. They, and they added T. Higgins. Six to ten. In February, he was going in the 11th round. In May, he's going in the 15th. Let me just say this right now, folks. If you're in a best ball league and John Ross is sitting in the 15th round, sign off on it. <laughs> Set the auto pick to John Ross. And go get yourself a cold beverage. <laughs> because in a best ball, he's he's a potential league winner. 
Oh, he is. Because he'll give you weeks where he gets 24, you know, two catches and 24 yards. And then he's going to have a week where he gets 180 yards and two touchdowns. That's exactly it. And you don't have to worry about when he starts in best ball. No. You just need to have him on the roster. He is Stefan Diggs from four years ago. Yes. Speaking of cold beverage, I'm going to open the other beer. I'm still working on my broken skull. To be a one uh, beer podcast. For this me. was the uh, New Salem Brewing you gave me. The therapy saison. Oh, session therapy session. session. It's a session pale ale, and Hush. I think you're really gonna like it. You've been into sessions lately. I thought it was really good. This comes from the source. You can thank the source for this one. I am really curious what you think about this beer because I think you're really gonna like it. And I only gave you one can because I'm not parting with the other can that the, uh, the source gave me. He gave me three cans. I drank one. I said, I can give one to Craig. That was loud. Was it? I barely heard it. Take a sip because we got one more person to discuss and then we're going to closing thoughts, believe it or not. See what happens when you spend 10 minutes on social justice? Episode flies by. But it's good. It's good that we, you know, at least I feel, I got to admit, I feel better having expressed that I want to be a part of something bigger than myself. That has nothing to do with football or beer. So Wow, that's really good. It's too good, right? It's really good. Their crap is limited release right now because they're just getting started and they're all the way up in freaking Newtown. Nah. Do you know where this, this brewery is? I do not. New Salem is called New Salem because it is on the grounds of the old Fairfield Hills Mental Health Asylum. Oh, good. So it's haunted beer. It is likely haunted. As a matter of fact, it's not even in a new building on the grounds. They renovated space in one of the old asylum buildings. Oh, it's definitely haunted beer. You are drinking a haunted beer, my friend. Nice. <laughs> There's your title. Haunted you beer is your title, folks. There you go. But oh, you yeah. Can... You can't see through it, and it's really smooth. It's smooth for a pale ale, right? It is. Like, it's I wouldn't smooth. know... Like, if you just handed this to me and you said there was a pale ale, I wouldn't believe you at first. Right. It is super smooth. And listen, the source himself is not a huge craft beer guy. He's actually gotten more into craft beer the last couple years because we've gotten into it and stuff like that. But he has a very, and this is not a knock on him, a very limited palate. There's like five or six beers he likes, and he'll drink. He likes the stuff from New Salem. His the way we feel about two roads where we will go there and try anything. That's how he feels about new Salem. Hmm. Oh, that's cool. <clears throat> yeah. So, all right. Anyway, so I'm glad you liked that. I'm glad. I oh, really quick. Speaking of two roads, yeah. you know, Kentucky lightning's out. Kentucky lightning came out. Did you see what they want for it though? No, they want almost $11 for a two pack. Oh, I hate two packs. Well, not only that, but five and not a two pack, two can? packs. <laughs> Five and a quarter for a can of take-home beer? I'll pay five and a quarter in a bar, but yeah, ambiance. Getting your can of beer. I just didn't they used to didn't they used to put in like a craft bottle? Yeah, they stopped doing that three or four years ago because it was uh, selling out too quickly. So they went to the smaller units. Hmm. I guess that makes sense. All right, last guy in my drop list is uh, Carson Wentz. In February, he was going in the eighth round, being the eighth round, which puts him in the QB2 range, maybe even a QB1. Uh, in May, he's going in round 13. Really? A five-round drop? I don't get it. I think Carson Wentz could have a decent year. I think so, too. I mean, he he does have a uh, injury history, but 
you know, other than that, in best ball, just draft another quarterback. Exactly. It's best ball, folks. You don't need him to be good all the time. You need to be good some of the time. Exactly. That's it. <laughs> That's it. All right. Well, Craig, we are, believe it or not, we are out of time. Sad. So, final thoughts for this week. Uh, final thoughts, I would say, you know what? Remember? Oh, actually, you know what? Hi, Deb. Didn't say that oh, yeah, before. Hi, Deb. Um, you know, I would say just listen to people. That's all. Uh, one one thing I will say, though, because before I mentioned that, you know, having a camera in your pocket wasn't a thing in 1991, and yeah. now it is. Um, neither was social media. That was not a thing. The internet was in its infancy. Oh my God, yeah. Everything oh, was a bulletin board. Um, Prodigy. All I would say is, exactly, I love Prodigy. <laughs> um, what I would say is before you retweet or repost something, just check other sources first. That's all. Yep. Because I did see a post going around Facebook about a cop in New Haven, but that picture and that story was from three or four years ago. Yes. And that guy true. that guy is not a cop anymore. So everyone's emotions are really high. Someone who's, say, protesting in New Haven sees that picture, they think it's now, and they get upset, and then it could possibly cause a whole thing. Yep. So just check sources. That's all. Fact check everything. It's good advice in life and as well as fantasy football. Fact check everything. Um, I was going to tell a good fact check story as my final thought, and now it just <laughs> flew out of my head. Yep. Damn you, Steve Austin's you know, skull IPA. <laughs> you know, like in, in computer world and IT land, if a file doesn't exist in three different places, it doesn't exist. Yep. So. Uh, absolutely true. Oh, God, what was my fact check story? <laughs> oh, all right, I'll have to save it for next week. All right. Um, so my final you. thought is we just talked about best ball starting up. Go find yourself a best ball league, folks. Oh, now it's fun. Yeah, time. just do and I it. I think I've said this each of the last three years. He has. I don't know how long I have to keep saying it, but I'll keep saying it. Best ball is great practice for draft season. Last year, I did 21 best ball drafts. <laughs> And they were all like dollar entry, five dollar entry, ten dollar entry. Yeah. I think all told, they spent about a hundred bucks on, on on best ball last year. And I returned like I returned some obscene number that I said, well, that says that tells me I can be up. I, I spent like a hundred bucks. I came back like a hundred and three dollars and fifty cents. Hey, you know what? You broke even. You had fun. I broke even. I had fun. But more importantly, I got to see what other people were thinking. Two years ago, I famously sat in two roads by myself while my wife was doing yoga <laughs> outside. And um, I, I was sitting there. I said, I'm going to do a best ball. And that one was the one where the guy took um, Watson in the first round. It might have been last year or the year before. Took Watson in the first round and then in the chat room proceeded to lecture us all about how he was going to win the league because Deshaun Watson was going to take over the league this year. And he was going to be massive and you're all going to regret it. I think in that same draft, I took like Ezekiel Elliott as a rookie in the first round. And I, that guy finished like ninth and I won the league. So uh, my point is you start to look at what other people are thinking and knowing what other people's draft strategies are helps you formulate yours. I'm playing a lot of Hearthstone lately during the, the stay at home when I'm stuck at home in the evenings after work. And 
there's a, a battlegrounds, which if you've ever heard of auto chess, it's essentially auto chess. But there's these different groups of players you can, you, different groups of strategies you can put together. If I look and it tells you what strategy someone's going after just by saying, well, it's got five of this class or it's got four of this class, it just tells you. If I look at the list and I see six of the eight players in this auto chess game are all playing demon, I don't play demon because we're all competing for the same resources. I play a different class. I play Murlocs, which if only makes sense if you actually know Warcraft. Damn those still. things. <laughs> In this game, they're fantastic. They are fantastic <laughs> if you can pump them up. I, 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 You have to try it, Craig. You would actually like this game a great deal. You, I know you've played Hearthstone, but you would like the Battlegrounds version of Hearthstone a great deal. But knowing what your opponent's doing in gaming and in fantasy football helps you craft an alternative theory. Hearthstone is made is a game made in balance in that every build has some sort of weakness to it. When I know what build you're using, I can plan to exploit your weakness. In fantasy football, if I know you're keying in on running backs and wide receivers early, I can exploit that weakness. I'm going to get Travis Kelsey and Patrick Mahomes. And then I'm going to fill on a running backs and wide receivers that are probably maybe a grade or two lower than yours, but way better grade wise than the quarterback and tight end you're going to end up with. Use best ball to figure out what other people are doing and formulate your strategy. You'll be better prepared on draft day. I guarantee it. Guarantee it. And you can do it from the comfort of your couch. So, all right. Until next week, uh, we will be back uh, next week. Uh, we've season's winding down. Um, yeah, the podcast season, not football podcast season. Podcast season is winding <laughs> down. Our our uh, our season debut is scheduled to happen in three weeks. Nice. We have to start working on our rankings. <laughs> we haven't done yeah. anything. <laughs> it's hard uh, to we, when no one's doing anything. And we're going to release right before July 4th. Do you know how hard it's going to be to get rankings from our team? They're going to be like, just record after July 4th. No, the season opener is scheduled to release July 3rd. You need to give me rankings now. <laughs> it's going to be hard enough getting them online for the opener. So, yep. um, so yeah, we're going to start working on that. But in the meantime, reach out to us however you'd like. I am back firing up the Twitter because I always do back at the end of June, near end of June or beginning of June, rather. Um, and then through the season, we are at FignutsDFS on Twitter. You can reach us via email, FignutsDFS at gmail.com. Please leave us a review wherever you listen to us. And whatever you do, be safe, be open-minded, be the change you want to see in this crazy world of ours. Until next week, my name is Britt. I'm Craig. And we are the Football Fignuts Podcast. (laughs) 